Good morning. Uh, my name is Todd. And yes, that is a bowl of ice cream on the stage with me with a cherry on top. Spoon right there. Uh, let's get into the Word of God. We're in Matthew chapter 6. Bibles are under the seat back. Scripture will also be on the screen or on your device. We're in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to pick up in verse 25 today. Uh, this is part 6 of our Kingdom Life series through the Sermon on the Mount. We are uh, looking, listening closely to what Jesus said. Worry, anxiety. It's like a, a choking, a nagging of the mind, often over future uncertainties and potential problems. You know, 95% of the things we worry about never even happen. Uh, what do we worry about? A better question might be, what do we not worry about, right? We worry about money. Are we going to be able to pay the bills next month? Are we going to be able to retire in five years? We worry about work. Am I going to keep my job? Am I going to be able to meet my monthly targets at work? We worry about health. Is my family member going to get well? And what's going on with my pet? We worry about relationships. Am I, am I parenting the right way? And is that person upset with me? What did I do? And all of this worry, all of this anxiety that's got that stranglehold, that chokehold on our mind leaves us feeling tense leaves us with this constant fear, this constant dread of what might happen in the future, an increased heart rate, and then we just can't sleep at night. Let's listen to what Jesus says about worry. Pick up in verse 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their own clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus very clearly here states, 
don't sweat these everyday things, clothes, food, which are things we obviously need, right? I mean, some of the folks that he was directly speaking to there on the mountain, they were there with him. They didn't know uh, what they were going to eat the next day. They didn't have walk-in closets uh, to select what they were going to wear each day. So this idea of food and clothing, serious, serious issues for them. Now, some of us today, we're concerned about the day-to-day and what are we going to have and, and, and are these needs going to get met? And if we're not concerned about the day-to-day, we're concerned about next month or next year with these worries, these concerns about everyday things. Jesus gives a couple of illustrations here. After he says, don't worry, he then says, look at the birds. They have plenty to eat. Even the ones who don't get up early have plenty to eat. He provides for them. And then he says, look at the flowers. And he says lilies, Debbie's favorite flowers are daisies, but he says lilies and wildflowers. And and he says, look at them. They're just beautiful, right? They are. And he says, look, even, even Solomon, wealthiest king in Israel's history, Solomon wasn't dressed as these flowers are. But God provides for them. And the key in his instruction about not to worry and in these illustrations with the birds and the flowers, the key here is that God is provider. God provides for the birds. God provides clothing or beauty for the flowers. And you are so much more valuable than they are. You're so much more valuable to the Father. So don't sweat this everyday stuff. Don't let it get a stranglehold on your mind. I want you to do something with me, and this is an activity, and just humor me. I'm not going to go all out. I'm not going to do the full thing. I'm just going to do part of it. So I, I toned it down uh, for us this morning because I thought no one would, would do that. But, but it's these little simple things like this, every now and then I have to do them uh, just to uh, remind myself. And so I'm going to ask you to take a, a deep breath in just a moment. Take a deep breath and then just say, hallelujah, I am known and loved. All right, so on three, we're going to take a deep breath, and then we're going to say, hallelujah, I am known and loved. Okay, one, two, three. I am known, hallelujah, (laughs) hallelujah, I am known and loved. (laughs) All right. He asks a couple of other uh, questions here that are great. He says, Does your worry do any good anyways? Look there. Will your worry, in verse 27, will your worry add even a day to your life? No. And and then he says later in verse 30, he says, why do you have so little faith when we consider that God is provider? Why do we let these things cause us to live in fear and cause us to lose sleep? Why do you have so little faith? You are valuable. You are, as the exercise I just butchered, um, you are known and loved. 
you may say, I don't feel known and loved. And that, that's all right. But truth is, you are known and loved by God. Even if you don't feel that way today, even if you don't feel that way a lot of days, you are known and loved. Uh, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and, and we teach it to our kids and our students hear it, but it's just as applicable to, to adults as well. Uh, whether you're 45 years old or, or 85 years old, it's just as applicable to us. And we need to be reminded of this gospel on a regular basis because it does, <laughs> it does reveal how we are known and loved by God. And it, it's real simple. We'll walk through this in four simple steps. And, and the first one is that God's purpose. God's purpose is that you, that all of us, would be in a relationship with him and would know joy and peace and have a full, abundant life. That's God's purpose. He wants us to have peace in this life. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to have a great life. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. That's God's purpose. But then there's our problem. And our problem is that God he gives us the freedom to choose. And we choose rebellion. We choose to not walk his way over and over and over again. And this is what we call sin. And so we choose to disobey God, to not believe God. And this sin is our problem that separates us from God. But God has a solution. So there's God's purpose, our problem, and then God's solution, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came, he lived and died, lived a perfect life. He died on the cross to pay for our sin, that thing that separates us from God. He died to, to make the payment for that. And on the third day, he rose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. And he is the mediator, he is the bridge between us and God. So there's God's purpose, our problem, and God's solution, and then our response. And our response, the Word of God, Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of Jesus, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus, you, me, anyone else who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. So our response is to put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ who is our rescuer, who is our, the mediator between us and God. And that gospel right there tells us that we are known and loved by God. Now, when Jesus says, don't worry here in this passage, he doesn't mean don't give any thought about, uh, don't give any concern, don't set any plans, don't have any goals, uh, don't worry about showing up for work. Don't, don't worry about working hard. Don't worry about being a wise steward. He's not saying that. He, he's saying, again, as we've looked at even last week, like, don't let that be your primary concern. Don't let these everyday things, this, uh, money, be your primary concern. Uh, contentment is really important when it comes to material things, living the kingdom life and, and handling material things. Contentment is really important. First uh, Timothy 6, 6 says, Godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. So being content, whether we have a lot or a little, whatever that is, being content is huge when it comes to how we value 
and how we think about these everyday things, how we think about material things. And then there's Philippians 4.13, and this is an often misunderstood uh, passage of Scripture, Bible verse, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And what Paul is actually writing about here when we look at it in context is he's saying, he's talking about material things. And he said, I've been without. I've been, I've been hungry and I've been homeless. And he said, there's been other times when I've had plenty. I've had a lot of resources, more than, more than I've even needed. And he said, I can do all things. I, through Christ who gives me strength, I can, I can go through life and live the kingdom life with a lot or with a little. Either way, I'm content. So we talk about contentment here. In, in verse 32 of, of our, our main passage where Jesus is speaking in, 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 on the Sermon on the Mount, he says these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So their mind is, is, is controlled by worry and drive for more and more of these material things, but not, that's not to be the case for the person living the kingdom life. Here, Jesus says not to worry. If we were to go back and count it, one, two, three times Jesus says not to worry. Don't worry. Do not worry. Three times, and he mentions this a few other times in this short passage. Maybe, I, I don't know. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Maybe, maybe he's trying to emphasize something. Philippians 4, 6 through 9, if, if it might be a verse that you just kind of make a note of and go back and look at later on. It's a passage of scripture that, that is much like this. And Philippians 4, 6 says, do not worry about anything, but pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. I'll ask as we think about this, as we think about what's controlling our minds, as we think about what's causing us fear, as we think about what's causing us to lose sleep, I would just ask, what is that? What are you worried about? What is it that's dominating your mind? What, what is it that's got you feeling tense? Is it money? Is it a health situation? Some other uncertainty in the future that might or might not happen. Well, what Jesus says about those things that we're worried about is don't worry about it. And that's easier said than done. Uh, but if we remember who our provider is, if we remember who is in control, if we think on God's sovereignty, and by sovereignty, we mean God's abs supreme, absolute power and authority over all things. If we think about how God is provider, if we think about how God is not only great and powerful, but he's also good and personal. And he says, pray about everything. Don't worry about it. Pray about it. When we think about that, then, then we can let go of those worries of those fears, of those things that cause us to lose sleep, of those things uh, that, 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 that make our heart beat too fast. We can let go of those things. It is possible. In the 8th century B.C., so around 740 B.C., uh, the people of Israel in the land of Judah were experiencing a time of God's blessing. 
uh, Uzziah was king. And for the most part, uh, he and the country experienced, uh, experienced bless, God's blessing during his reign. And then we go to Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah 6 is a passage some of you may be familiar with. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. And it starts with this, this statement here. In the year that King Uzziah died. They'd been experiencing blessing under Uzziah's reign. But now he's no longer reigning. Sometimes... I invite you to do this. Sometimes preachers will be like, man, people had their eyes closed. People were falling asleep while I was preaching. Uh, I'll invite you. You can close your eyes if you want to. Sometimes uh, when I'm uh, uh, reciting scripture or listening to scripture or listening to the words of these beautiful songs that we sing, sometimes I'll just close my eyes uh, just because it helps me concentrate on the words that are spoken. And so it's okay if you do close your eyes here for just a moment. And I want you to listen to Isaiah 6. Scripture says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the angels. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the foundations shook, and the whole room was filled with smoke. That's Isaiah 6. Uzziah was no longer on the throne, but Isaiah saw, got a glimpse, got a vision of who always had been on the throne, who was on the throne, and who always will be on the throne. And when we think about these things that control our minds, control our thoughts, cause us fear, it's healthy and helpful for us to remember that you and I are not on the throne. We can't control these things in the future. We can't control these things in the present. We never were on the throne, but God has always is and will always be on the throne. He is sovereign supreme authority and power over all things. He is provider and he's personal and he cares and he wants to meet our needs. He wants to help us. He wants to give us peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace anyone whose mind is fixed on you. When we take our eyes off of that fear when we take our eyes off of ourselves and we put our eyes on God. You will keep in perfect peace anyone whose mind is steadfast, who trusts in you. We get to verse 33 of this passage when Jesus is speaking and he says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, over and over and over again. And verse 33 gives us something else to think about. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So instead of, of thinking about all these everyday things that, that our lives are about, instead of, of, of being con consumed with that, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. 
That Philippians 4, 6 passage that, that I mentioned you might want to jot down that says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. It goes on to say, pretty much verse 33, he says, but, but, but fix your minds on things of the kingdom of God and, and practice them, live them out. We replace our anxious thoughts. We replace our worry about everyday life with seeking God's kingdom. That's what we concern ourselves with. That's what we fix our minds on. So I've got a little phrase here. As we think about these worries, these concerns, these anxieties, don't sweat it. And then as we think about seeking the kingdom of God above all else, making that our primary concern, thinking about and living the kingdom life, our primary concern, you won't regret it. Don't sweat it. You won't regret it. What does this look like? Kent and Amber Brantley. Kent and Amber Brantley had their hearts, had felt God calling them to use their gifting, their passion, their skill in medicine to serve others around the world. And so they wanted to be medical missionaries. And they were fixed on that. And they were seeking the kingdom life, living the kingdom life, all through medical school, exposing themselves to opportunities that would keep that passion burning, uh, thinking about uh, debt and things like that so that they would have the freedom to be able to pursue that. And then in uh, around 2014, they, uh, with Samaritan's Purse, the organization that does the shoeboxes, you know, the Christmas shoeboxes that we take part in, with Samaritan's Purse, they became medical missionaries in West Africa. And in 2014, they were serving when Ebola began taking thousands of lives in West Africa. And uh, Amber and the kids uh, came back stateside, a planned visit to, to be with family, and Kent was there. And these patients said he'd been treating, and he saw their symptoms, and, 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 and he saw individuals lose their lives because of that. He began experiencing symptoms. And so he got himself tested, and he quarantined himself away from all his coworkers and everything else while he waited on the results. As he was waiting on the results, he went to the Word of God. And he started reading the word of God and of God's goodness and of God's sovereignty. And he began meditating on that and began writing it down and journaling about that. And then three days later, he got the call and the test was positive. So he called Amber and his family back in the States. He told them that news and they talked about it briefly. And then when they got off the phone, she began trying to process this. And she couldn't formulate words to pray. And so she went back to some hymns, some old Christian songs that she knew. And she began just saying that, great is your faithfulness. And then I need you every hour. Lord, I need you. She was able to pray that to God. So even in the middle of that storm, even in the middle of that that great uh, concern, they stayed connected to the vine. They were abiding in Christ and it was over, over, overcoming their, their vision and their faith and their certainty in God's sovereignty was overcoming that fear, that anxiety that they had. Uh, Kent 
was flown from West Africa to Atlanta, received some treatment, and, and really the whole world was watching his recovery. He was then featured on, in, in Time Magazine and other media outlets uh, as, as one of the Ebola fighters. They stayed stateside for a few years, recovering from this trauma, and then a couple of years ago, they went back on the field uh, in Africa as medical missionaries continuing to live the kingdom life. Don't sweat it. You won't regret it. Now, maybe you're not a medical missionary. Nonetheless, you are called, and I am called, to live the kingdom life. Now, what's that look like for you? I could tell you some things, but I'd rather you show me what living the kingdom life looks like. Because we all have an opportunity to live it out we all have an opportunity to consume ourselves and to let the kingdom of God dominate our minds and our actions in our different fields and with our different passions. So let's live it out. Let's, let's show the world what living the kingdom life looks like uh, for you. Now, this bowl of ice cream it's just been sitting there melting. Whatever those worries, those fears you have are, I dare you, I dare you to expose your worries to an hour of worship of God. I dare you to lay your fears before God for an hour. I dare you to take them and instead choose to worship God and those worries will melt away like ice cream on an 80-degree October day. Earlier in the worship gathering, we sang the song, Oh, Come to the Altar. And that's uh, what we're going to give you an opportunity to do right now. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand. There are some worries, fears that really have a hold of us, and we're not experiencing the peace that God offers. Scripture tells us, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So we're gonna close by singing that song, Oh, Come to the Altar again. And as we sing, I'm gonna invite you to do just that. I'm gonna invite you uh, to, <laughs> to come, if it means come to the steps and spend a moment in prayer, if it means to, to pray where you are and just give those concerns, those fears, those worries, those things that are dominating your mind, that are robbing you of peace and joy, give those things to God. Why wait? Why put it off? Uh, we can do that this morning. So let's pray and then we will sing. Father in heaven, thank you for caring for us. Thank you for giving us clear instruction in your word. And please help us now as we give those worries and those anxieties to you. Please help us to trust you now. In Jesus' name, amen.